morning crypto. Warriors, hello and welcome to our first episode of Good Morning Crypto. I'm your host, Abs, and I'm going to be taking you through some of the most up-to-date, relevant, and impactful crypto topics today. So we've got an awesome lineup. I'm going to take you around the group. Let's start with Mario. Why don't you tell us who you are and what's your why? Why are you involved in crypto, Mario? Good morning, everybody. It's a real pleasure to be here today. And uh, I'm involved with crypto because it's been able to provide freedom for me, for my family. And it's allowed me to meet this bunch group, uh, three, three to four people that we have in this call. And I'm just really excited to be here and talk about news. Beautiful. We're excited to have you. Johnny Crypto, you're up next. Good morning, everybody. How are you today? My name Great. is Johnny Crypto with a K, and I hope you're all having a good day. So uh, my why is um, I believe that the cryptocurrency technologies is really going to be the basis of Web 3.0. It's really going to be the future, the future technology that drives us all. And uh, so I'm fascinated by that, wanted to get in it, wanted to understand it and make sure that uh, as this whole um, new technology develops, it's almost like another opportunity to get into the Internet before the Internet you know, existed. So that's why I'm here. I wanted to be part of that. And it's so wonderful to be here with part with all my crypto brothers here from the research team. So happy to see you awesome. guys. Good morning. I love it, Johnny. It's good to see you, man. Andrew Cashflow, the newest member of our 3T research team and the staking expert himself. So why don't you give us a little background about who you are and what's your why, Andrew? Yeah, so I live uh, I live in the Netherlands. I, uh, I'm already in crypto about uh, three years now. So I was really able to, to buy uh, Bitcoin and other stuff very early, which is nice. And then I recognized my true passion, and that's I want to help others and to help others to be especially financially successful. And because I worked a lot of a uh, lot in IT and other IT related jobs, I was a programmer and an architect. And I thought, you know, I have the ability to make complicated matter easy to understand. And my passion is to make content just to explain stuff to people because I see so much blah, blah, blah on the internet. And then I say, okay, you. I'll take steps to make it easy to understand for the people and help them also to build that, that wealth that everybody deserves because we are in a transitional period at this moment from yeah from, from the old system, from the old banking system to the new to the new uh, DeFi world. And it's so fascinating. So uh, that's why I, that's why I'm here. That's beautiful. And I'm Abs, or as they call me, my real name is Abdullah. But my, they call me abs. And my why is I love giving back. I'm passionate about crypto. I study this stuff every day. And I couldn't be in a better situation because I love this. This is the only thing I want to be doing. And I plan on doing this the rest of my life. So one of the most relevant things that's taking place right now to get into our articles is the XRP lawsuit. So I know we have a lot of loyal XRP holders out there. And with our very, very well-diverse background in the subject, we're going to hop right into this and deep dive on what's happening in the case right now. So... With that being said, we're going to pull up our first article here and give you a brief overview of kind of what's happening with the Ripple case, a little bit of a background. And it, we're going to deep dive a little bit into why Ripple is even being sued in the first place. So as we can scroll down here, on December, on December 22nd of 2020, the SEC filed a lawsuit against Ripple, um, basically alleging that the 14.6 billion XRP that was transferred and sold between 2013 and 2020 constitutes as an unregistered offering of a security. And so they violated federal law. Um, the SEC alleges that the XRP had little, basically little use cases when it was being offered and sold. And instead, the commission contends that Ripple made representations that it would use its expertise to create an ecosystem for that digital asset. So <laughs> Abs, I got to just chime in here because this is just hilarious. Do. So let me just ask you guys. At, based on what you just read and everybody who's listening out there, let me ask you a question. What do you think Ethereum did? The same. <laughs> exactly. The exact same thing. <laughs> what do you think Cardano did? Right. Same thing. Where, I mean, where are the lawsuits for all of it? It's just it's just jokeable. It's just laughable that the SEC is is going after Ripple on the same exact thing that every single cryptocurrency out there did to get started but oh let's go after ripple sorry continue i just i just found that fascinating yeah. 
No, it's a great point because just to give a little background, back in 2012 when Ripple first started, you know, creating this company and making this ecosystem for XRP, there was basically no securities law that was up to date for digital assets. So it was basically an uncharted territory where they just had to go as they pleased. And if they broke rules, they were supposed to be notified and they weren't notified. So basically what happened is the commission contends that Ripple and other defendants marketed XRP as an investment. Now, my biggest disagreement with this claim is that Ripple was notified by, as we saw in the memos, that they they would not be able to offer these to individual investors because that would be basically promoting their product. So what they needed to do was create value or use cases for XRP instead, and they offered shares in the actual company of Ripple. So that was the way that they maneuvered to, to basically put themselves in a position to not be sued by the SEC. Correct. And I think it's safe to say that we, we, we've gotten into a situation where crypto really needs its own governing body. I mean, I don't think the SEC should have the jurisdiction that it, that it wants to have in the crypto industry. For sure. For sure. And the, uh, let's actually, let's hop into the next article. This is relevant. So the Ripple CEO says that legal memos prove XRP is not a security. And how accurate is that for investors? So the fact that Ripple had the foresight to seek legal advice from a prominent firm in 2012, it shows that they were trying to navigate the space correctly. And because of the lack of guidance given by the SEC and other regulating bodies, they had no choice but to test the waters and see where they would get pushback. So five years before the SEC even started talking about digital assets, Ripple was approaching them and asking for legal advice on how to maneuver this market because there was nobody doing it before them. Um, Mario, I wanted to ask you, so yeah. in this ripple lawsuit, a lot of people are concerned about the time frame. and mm -hmm. as more and more of these updates come out, I think people get super optimistic that this might lead to a resolution soon. And that can be one of the most difficult things when it comes to litigation. Some of these cases are drawn out three, four, seven years, right? So what's your right. opinion on what's taking place now? And it, are these, are these memos relevant to the resolution of this case? I mean, so I'm, I'm not I'm not very legally inclined when it comes to stuff like that. Um, I mean, all I can say from a personal standpoint is that last year I spent a good majority of the first half of the year just um, expecting the case to be done at some point um, towards the end of the year. I mean, we've just seen that be extended and extended. And at this point, I'm just trying to go into a mindset of I don't really focus on when is it going to end. I'm just trying to see the um, the objective of it is going to end at some point, and we know what we're holding. We know that this is about regulation for the crypto industry, and this is not just about XRP. So the fact that the the uh, a lot of people are trying to turn this into Ethereum and all these other coins, which can also be categorized as, as securities, I think it's yep. it's safe to say that you know this is this is an attack on crypto, and we need crypto to to emerge and not just xrp so i'm i really just hope that this comes out as something positive for for the whole crypto industry not just xrp and as far as like i know that your your question was more of when i i really don't know i'm yep. just i have no expectations as far as time and that's the answer i was looking for right because a lot of people want to put a timeline on litigation it's just the most difficult thing to do crypto moves so quickly and law moves so slowly that they're, they're polar opposite ends of the spectrum. And it's just, once they're intertwined like this, it can be very difficult to figure out what the heck is going on. So yeah. a statement that came out in these memos is that although we believe that a compelling argument can be made that Ripple credits do not constitute securities under the federal securities law, given the lack of applicable case law. So they were given guidance back in 2013, saying that as long as they approach this correctly, there would be no lawsuit there is enough use cases for the XRP case and for the actual asset. Johnny, do you want to chime in on kind of what's going on with this SEC case here? Yeah. So I think Mario said it earlier on. I think what's happening here is um, the SEC is realizing that there's a whole new industry about to come into the world and they realize they don't have any freaking rules on how to govern it, what it is, how does it work? how to protect investors and how to more importantly collect their tax dollars, right? That's what they're really, this was all about. And so 
they picked one of the companies that they said, hey, let's set an example of and let's go and create a new, as Coach always says, a new Howie test, right? Yep. Which is to determine, you know, how this should work in the real world. And that's really where we're headed. Now, the funny thing is when I talk to people and I hear people talk all the time, everybody is scared of regulation, really worried about it. And the reality is there's nothing to be scared about in regulation. In fact, I'm praying for regulation. This, and everybody who's an XRP or any kind of crypto holder out there should be praying for regulation because the sooner regulation comes, the sooner the uncertainty goes away and the sooner the floodgates open up. Just for example, Abs, what happened when uh, when Tesla and Amazon were being sued uh, by the regulators? After that resolution, and for Tesla specifically, I mean, in 2018, they experienced the largest price appreciation ever on the New York Stock Exchange over the next 24 months. Exactly. And do you know why? No, please tell me. So when the regulation happens and everything is clear, now that opens the floodgates for all the institutional investors. All these big guys are not going to go and put their money into something that is risky, right? It's all about risk protection. And so these guys are not going to invest and put tons and tons of capital into something that has uncertainty that might get sued because what's the first thing that happens to any kind of stock price when the SEC announces they're going to come after anything? Tanks. Exactly. So if you had $20 million, $50 million, and you put it into something, invest, that's uncertain or unknown, and you have a chance of losing 50% of it, do you think you're going to do that? Yeah. Hell no. Andrew, did you have a comment? Yeah. I always try to look at situations from the other side, not your own side, because that is very one-sided. So I'm trying to place myself in the position of Gary Gensler. I mean, I, I learned that guy uh, when, when, when met him the first time, I think... Uh, three years ago when he was a teacher at, uh, at MIT or some other wow. university. I, 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 I learned a lot from this guy and I thought, this guy knows what he's talking about. He absolutely hammers it. And then I heard he came to to uh, yeah to as head of the SEC. And I thought, oh my God, what a <laughs> shit job. And I think <laughs> maybe he will scratch his, his back, his ear again and say, what did I do? Because this is such a uncharted territory. Nobody knows how to do it because we have centralized exchanges and, and where, where you can do and centralized entities, but we are also coming in decentralized environments. Yep. It, it is absolutely impossible to regulate something centrally when it is decentralized organized because there is no CEO, there is no company. And you know, so it is yep. so difficult. Uh, then I, I sometimes I feel sorry for 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 Gensler. <laughs> that That's funny. Such a tough job. However, I agree with with Johnny that we need the regulation to get the big money in. And I love how you brought up that it, it's not decent or it was decentralized, right? Like crypto in general is a decentralized product, and you have a regulatory body that is centralized. But how does something become decentralized in the first place, right? Somebody has to distribute that. It has to originate from somewhere. And so there's going to be a governing body and there's going to be a process of offering unregistered securities, right? But the biggest difference between crypto and stocks and other assets is that there's actual use cases, whether it's on-demand liquidity or DeFi, the list goes on and on. And I don't think that we have a regulatory body that takes that into consideration right now. And that's what makes me nervous for the adoption of crypto globally and the United States possibly being left behind. If the SEC case goes in a direction where they don't adopt this technology, it doesn't mean it's going away. It means it's going somewhere else. Yeah. It means that Ripple's going to move from New York overseas, probably next to Andrew in the Netherlands, and start <laughs> taking over on-demand liquidity. It's it's a problem that needs to be fixed, and Ripple's addressing it. So Listen, I think it's inevitable. Here's the thing, Abs, at the end of the day, and it, it, here's what people don't realize or understand. It doesn't matter what happens in this case, whether XRP is determined a security or not a security. It means nothing. Everybody's worried about that. Yes, if it's called a security, it's going to come. But the reality is once it's clearly defined, that's all that matters. Then the money will start coming in. And definitely these technologies, as you mentioned, will survive and be out there because they solve a problem. And they solve a problem better, cheaper, and more efficiently than what's currently in existence today. And that's just how the world works. Right? I'm in technology, right? Our whole goal is we're always trying to figure out how to do things cheaper and better. We have a state. It's called cheaper and better. It's all about how do you 
How do you solve something? How do you make it cheaper for people? How do you make it better? That's yep. just how the world works because people know that money flows where the cheaper solutions are. And so at the end of the day, once this regular regular uh, clarity comes, yep. whether it's a security or not, I know people are going to, it doesn't matter. It won't matter. Yes, at the first you might see a real little tank and then it's going to skyrocket just like Tesla did, just like Amazon did because people just need definition around what is it, just, how does it work, and let us move forward. And to give some context about the problem that they're solving, on-demand liquidity is when money's transferred cross-border, right? So if I'm transferring money from London to New York, for every billion dollars in our current banking system, I'm paying 300 grand to get that money over there. Now that's just one end of the problem, but let's deep dive there. If you're using Ripple, if you're using XRapid, that billion dollars to be transferred, instead of it being $300,000, is now reduced to less than $3 per transaction. So not only does that free up liquidity from the Nostro Bostro accounts, which are just sitting, it's just money sitting in rooms waiting to be transferred. All of that liquidity gets released. And now when the cost of money, the, the flow, the, what do they call it? The riverbank is open and the free flow of transactions is going to dramatically increase. And there's a second element to that. Not only does Ripple solve the cost issue of sending money cross border, right? Yep. It does it extremely quickly. So right now, today, if you talk to a banker, they'll tell you, I think we got our, our man, Jeremy, our CFO out there, he'll tell you that to get money, if I want to send money to somebody in Italy, it's actually faster for me to put the money in a suitcase, get on a plane, fly it to Italy, yeah. and hand the guy the money. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, if you guys don't understand the banking system, and I didn't understand it until I joined here in her coach, right? But that, believe it or not, guys, it is faster for you to get on a plane and fly. We're in 2022, boys. And it's no way. I thought we were in 1950. Yeah. Is it 1950? Actually, you're right. The monetary system still is in 1950. <laughs> it's yeah. actually cheap. It's faster to fly the damn money to them because of all the settlement times that it takes for the banks in the background because it's got to go from your bank to you know, our central bank, then to the other country's central bank, and then to their bank, and then to the person. And all those things take time. So you're talking a six, seven day period of time versus Ripple, which is like, what, three seconds, yeah. 10 cents. So yeah. that's why for people who are in this industry and understand it, Ripple and these other technologies solve huge. And that's that's a perfect example of cheaper and better right there. Cheaper yeah. and better. It gets there faster and it's much, much lower cost. So that that's why these will happen. Um this old system needs to get fixed, and these solutions will be here to fix that. And you brought up a great point, Mario. I know you were joking. You go, it's not 1950 <laughs> anymore. But this system was built in 1971. There was no internet. There was it, We came into this fiat system with super hyper I mean, during the 80s, I'm sure, like Andrew and Johnny know, housing prices were increasing, what? I think it was 18 20% per year. I mean, your assets were just going up dramatically. And so... This system has basically run its course, and we need to shift into a mo new monetary system that can handle this massive level of, of inflation. And um, that actually yeah. that's a perfect segue into our next topic. So let's hop right into it. Biden seen issuing crypto oversight executive order next week. This could be huge. So the reason that I get so excited about this is people are get they get nervous and they get pessimistic. Biden's going to crash crypto. He's going to have all these negative comments. I actually take the opposite approach. I think that this is going to benefit crypto after doing my research. So President Biden is expected to issue an executive order next week, directing agencies across the government to study cryptocurrencies and a central bank digital currency, coming up with a government-wide strategy to regulate digital assets. Do you guys have any comments on that? Well, I'll be honest with you. When I first heard heard that Biden was going to issue an executive order on crypto. I was like, oh, fuck. I was like, oh, shit, here we go. But when you actually read through the details, and that's what we do here at the 3T Academy, right? We're the research team, so we go deep into the details, and Abs has them highlighted here. Uh, what you find out is this is actually a really good thing, right? So at the end of the day, rather than putting strict orders on what he thinks it should be, he's basically just ordering every single department in the government just to get their shit together and actually start to investigate crypto start looking at what are the right ways to handle it through every single one of the abcd industry you know government in, uh, entities that we have right so the fbi uh the sec they're all going to be he's ordering them to get make it happen so i actually think this is a good thing right putting those agencies to work telling them it's time to wake up and do this 
You know, America's been way behind on the crypto industry, as you guys all know, right? China's way ahead of us right now. So it is a good, I actually think this is a great thing. I don't agree with too much of what Biden does, but this might be one of the best things he's done, is put together a plan to go figure out how are we going to study, learn, and understand the best way to, to regulate and handle crypto. So this is actually, in my opinion, too, I agree with you, Abs. I think this is a great thing that's happening. And I think it's a pretty aggressive timeline, too. What do you say? A couple months he wants answers? Yeah, a couple months. And I think it's so interesting what you brought up. We don't have a regulatory body for an asset right now that's worth over $1.6 trillion. $1.6 trillion. And I, I, I just want to bring this back to XRP real quick. So when people talk about the price appreciation of XRP, the flipping of the switch, what that really means is that when XRP is actually used for its use case, it's going to experience massive price appreciation. Um, the reason for that is because $5.3 trillion, $5.3 trillion are transferred cross-border every day. And so for Ripple to handle just even a portion of that, it's going to take a dramatic amount of liquidity being in that account, being in the XRP value. So to tie it back to the Biden, the administration is engaging, engaging in a wide-ranging effort to regulate the sector with the FBI forming a crypto unit led by a seasoned computer prosecutor. Right. So they're looking at, let's put a crime division in place. Let's put an IRS division in place. Let's put it, you know, regulatory body in place. They're going to go around the circle and put all, everything around crypto that they need to do. And unfortunately, some of it is going to control. I mean, they always talk about not wanting to stifle innovation. And and I don't think they will once they get their call. Yeah, we're getting a, a lot of noise from Mario. Keep going, Johnny. We lost you for a second there. Yeah, so so what I was saying is I think that you know they're looking to put these moats around crypto, right? So we're gonna have the FBI moat, you know, you know, make sure anti-crime, anti-laundering. They're gonna have all these different things in place uh, at the end of the day to to bring control to it, and then they'll control it, and then they'll make sure that they've got their claws in every single one of these technologies that are gonna drive the the future. There's no way they're not. This is all about control at the end of the day. And, and the sad part, of reality is, as I'm super excited, I think we are living as Coach always says in the best time of the world where we're transforming into a new you know paradigm shift here from web 2.0 to 3.0 which is going to drive the future there's no way in the world the elites are not going to want to control that and i think what they saw was first of all they, they from what i from what we all believe right or i believe anyway they, they created a lot of these technologies because that's what they do they incubate yeah. them they get them started they see how they develop and work and then they they reel them in the ones that they want to go with right and so what we're seeing now is we're in that stage of let's reel it all in let's put some boxes around it some controls in place and let's and then let's drive it forward what's exciting about anybody who's an investor at this stage of the game is you are in so early but the thing is because we're in so early and we're we've been in it for so you know deep for a couple years now or some of us even more than that um it feels like you've been here forever and like oh my god you know is this thing ever gonna happen yes it's gonna yes. happen it's just early this is like being in 1997 of the of the internet um and imagine if you could have invested in technologies back then like you know red hat or uh, yahoo or, or amazon back then it just held for 10 or 20 years you, you would have been a multi-million and this is that new renewed period of time where we're going to have a whole bunch of new millionaires and billionaires created from this from this just investing alone um industry so it's super exciting awesome andrew i want to bring this question to you in 1997 when the internet was coming out can you give some context on to kind of how that took place i know that just to give you a little direction to where i want you to go i know that whenever a new market emerges there's thousands of new players and so you can take what, it what, what, I, what I remember, because I'm a little bit, bit older, that when I finished my, my university, I did not have a computer at home. You can't imagine that, but we, I had to write my reports by hand. And, and, <laughs> I, I did, I did, and then when I was finished, there was the first uh, Lotus 123 that was an Excel sheet. It was mm. fantastic. <laughs> Do you think there was internet? No, there wasn't everything on the floppy and viruses on the floppy. And, uh, and uh, it, 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 but it was fantastic to do it. We, we got the first games like, uh, like, like Super Mario and, uh, and, and Frogger and, and tennis. And, and, and then after a while, they became, they become an internet. And what was the internet? My normal telephone line. 
And I'm not sure if there are all the people who can remember that, but if you had to dial in, then you hear that very terrible sound. <laughs> <laughs> then you were connected and it was expensive 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 you know because you had to pay a, a quarter per minute or so so you were connected download your email i even had a uh, i even had a an application on my phone with with text that you received an email so that i could log on on the internet download my email and then cut it off again so that's how it started and yeah, and then I think the end of the end of the the nineties, it became more common that that internet was, yeah, that was that, that was available, and and what you also saw this the telecommunications companies they changed their network, and and we we went from PSTN lines to ISDN lines. I don't know if you all know know those those nope. stuff, and then then we get to. Uh, to, to other more advanced DSL and HDL. Andrew, so at what point at what point did the regular person like your parents, your brother, your sister, whoever, realize that internet was inevitable, that it was basically gonna run the world? Um yeah, that was the end, end of the 90s when end of the 90s. Actually, when you saw the the internet bubble coming up. Yep. And and I, you know, I was also in the internet bubble because I just refinanced my house a little bit and I had uh, about uh, yeah, 10, 10 or 20K I had let, left over. So I thought, what to do with it? Let's put it in an internet fund. <laughs> had no idea. <laughs> so it went from 10 to 20 to 30 to 40 to 150,000. Wow. And then I thought, wow. And then it after the 2000, it went down. Boom. 40, 30. And then it was back where, where I was at that time. That's why you need an exit plan, Andrew. You need an yeah, exit I had plan. I had no idea what I was doing. So yes. I thought it was fun, you know. But on the other hand, I worked in IT. I made a lot of money. So there was no issue at all. So, but then I, I, I realized the next time something like this will happen, I must be in. Yep. Yes, and here we are. Hey, Andrew, real quick, I just want to show you something that that might you might you might know what this is. Do you yeah, remember this? Yeah. <laughs> I still got it's a one point four four floppy. For those of you out there, youngins who don't know what a floppy disk is, this is where the data was actually stored. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a floppy disk, uh, dating back how old we are. And uh, there, there was, you know, for all you there who who didn't know, Andrew's right. These programs like Lotus Notes, and there's one called WordStar. It was like the version of Word today. But I remember when we were writing reports for school, we had a word start. This was 1995. Man, if you hit delete by mistake, there was no undo button. So Bill Gates, wherever you are out there, thank you for the undo function. You have no idea how, how big that function is. But, um, you know, Ab, you asked a great question. How long does it take for people to realize and get into um, these things, right? Uh, you asked Andrew how long for, for them, yep. you know, did they realize it was time to get into it? it the answer is usually too late. Most people get in either at the top of the bubble when it's all when the euphoria is there and they get wrecked because, you know, nobody's really paying attention in the early days like we are right now. Uh, for the few who do, yes, it's great. But most of them don't. And they're just being led by whatever the media is telling them to do. Right. And so the media is always going to, which are controlled by the elites, is always going to try to drive you in at the last minute after they've got their trucks for their bags full. So that's why it's exciting now, as Andrew said, to get in early. And the nice thing is, as Andrew just talked about, not knowing when to get out in 1997, right? And then they got killed when the bull crashed in 2000. You use those experiences to learn from them. And Coach talks about all the time an exit plan. And that's why an exit plan is so important, folks. And if you come into the 3T Academy, we actually have an exit plan program that helps you create it, helps you manage it. Uh, because as those things are going up, the one thing we always forget as humans, we always think it's going to keep going up. That's our biggest mistake. I do it all the time. I did exactly what Andrew did. I watch my account go up and then I watch it come back down because I'm an idiot, right? And I want everybody's greedy. We want to be able to, we think it's going to keep going up, but no, it can't, right? It goes up in waveforms. But the reality is having the exit plan is so important because if you can capitalize when it goes up, then on those pullbacks, you can reinvest back in, not saying you have to. But it's just a way to kind of preserve, at least take some 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 funds 
or gains out of the market as it's going up because nothing can go straight up. It's I never, totally right? agree. And I think one of the most difficult things to do from a managing the market standpoint is sell when you're up. You make a, if you 10 X your money, you think you're going to 12 X. If you 12 X your money, you think you're going to 15 X it. And usually you don't get that opportunity to 12 or 15 X. But even during those drastic times, we're always optimistic. We always lean into Bitcoin's down 5,000 today. It must be going to zero. Bitcoin's up 10,000 this week. It must be going to 100K. Neither are correct. The truth lies in between. And I saw that Andrew wanted to comment when Johnny was speaking. So, Oh, yeah. Um, you, you're absolutely right. And, uh, you know, and I think it has all to do with mindset. So you must be willing to accept that it will go up and it will go down. And if you are not willing to to prepare yourself for an exit, you will lose the money because most of the people that just start, they say, oh, no, I, I will keep it. And uh, now it's no problem. And uh, I, I will let, it will go up and I'm a long time holder. I said, OK, but make your exit plan. I, will, I can explain you. A lot of people don't even want to want to hear about it because they think it will go to the moon. And yeah. so. So it is all to do with, with, with mindset and what, what also has to do with adopting new technology because a lot of people don't even want to go into crypto because they all think, what is the difference? I have a paper money, I have a, I have a $10 bill, a $20 bill. I can work with that. Maybe the people from today, maybe they have grand, grandparents that still live. Maybe you can imagine that your grandparents who are maybe a little, little old now, say i don't need a phone i have a phone at home you can phone me at home and you know so they live in a paradigm that they don't need a mobile phone like this and so what should i do with it and that is what what we're talking about paradigms you should open yourself up to new ideas always if you see an id always try to look from the other side put, put it on the table Go sit down on the other side of the table and watch the ID. See what's happening. See what other people are saying. See what you think and see what, what, what is the difference. And, and make up your mind. Go go search for information. Do your research. And and yeah, yeah. I, I can't, I I can't explain it too much, but do your thing. And don't think that you already know it. Yeah. Because you don't know. And you bring up a great point because I remember last spring when the market was taking off, let's call it April, the optimism was through the roof. You couldn't, you couldn't tell somebody on the street, it, whether it was Dogecoin or Bitcoin or Ethereum, the optimism was just off the charts. And what happened four weeks later after all these news stations were basically saying crypto is here to stay, we experienced a massive, basically 50% pullback. I think Bitcoin went from $65,000 to $31,000 over the course of two months. And that's just the way this market moves. It's volatile on the way up and it's volatile on the way down. And I don't think that you can turn to your mainstream news sources and look for advice on a topic that they don't even understand. I think everyone's learning how to navigate this market. And there's so much new opportunity that the only way you can really digest this information is by finding trusted sources. And I really think that smaller YouTube channels or, or niche YouTube channels that, specific, that are specific on one topic are the best places to go for that information and not these mainstream news narratives where they're more concerned about how many viewers they get than the value of their content. And that's where, that's where we have it totally backwards. Johnny, do you want to chime in there? Um, no, I would just to build on what Andrew said, I think what happens here is at the end of the day with technology, what, what people don't understand or more importantly don't care about is when someone sends an email, for example, or makes a phone call, they don't care how it works in the background. They don't care what it takes to get from, you know, point A to point B. So when I type an email and I hit yep. enter, it just happens and boom, it's there, right? But there's a bunch of technologies in the background that actually make that email go from point A to point B or from one type of computer from, you know, maybe a Windows computer to a Mac computer, right? And for, from, from a different email system. Oh, there's so many things happening in the background. Yeah. Um, and, 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 and because people don't understand that, it's hard to appreciate the technologies that are being developed today, which are all to try and make those things easier, simple, faster. You know, so I saw somebody, I think Jeremy said that, you know, for, for, for example, to send money to overseas international wireless, seven to 10 days. Right? Wow. And these new seven to 10 days. Can you believe that? 
Whereas no. these new technologies with XRP, I mean, they're toting like five seconds. <laughs> it's just not even comparable. I mean, you know what's funny, Johnny, is that when I use Ethereum, I'm so spoiled now with XRP and XLM, Algorand. When I use Ethereum, I get frustrated because it takes too long. And that's 10 minutes. <laughs> that's <laughs> just 10 minutes. a few minutes. Yeah, yeah. We're all so spoiled, right? Yeah. Exactly. And that, and that human behavior is what's going to drive the adoptance, or I should say the acceptance of this technology. Um, because at the end of the day, um, it's going to be one of those things that uh, it will change the world. It will make the world a better place. It will also give the elites more control. So how do you kind of balance that and take advantage of both, you know, in this new world where we're going, the, the people who own the infrastructure, who own this thing early on, I think are the ones that are going to benefit. So for everybody here who's listening and out there, congratulations, because you are the early ones. You are the uncommon 1%, as Coach always says. Um, so you're in the right place. And uh, now we just kind of get our feet in the ground, set it and forget it for a while. And by 2025 to 2030, all you will probably be, you know, multi-multi-millionaires yes Mario, do you have a i just want to say yeah i just want to say that this topic is so hot that my computer is like blowing up and the fan is like <laughs> <laughs> that's what happened baby that's I'm, what sorry. Happened. No. I'm sorry if, if if it's picking it up but i've just been trying to adjust it while we're live and i mean this this is all happening live and this is our first stream so we're going to get yeah. this nailed down and it's going to get better 100 percent. and i have no complaints when you got a background like that i mean you can sit there and look yeah. pretty that's good yeah. enough <laughs> Mario, yeah, there's right? ice packs. There's cooling systems and ice packs out there. Let me know. We'll send you some. Yeah. Send him some dry yeah, ice. I don't know. You know dry ice to expensive. cool that computer. <laughs> so I think the more expensive the computer, the worse it is, but probably I don't know. <laughs> yeah, right. So just to tie it back to the article that we were discussing before. So it says the government will also look at coordinating with other countries around the world to standardize rules for crypto. The executive order is going to give them an opportunity to weigh in on the digital dollar and the framework for which the Fed unveiled in January. This is a global narrative. It's bigger than the United States, guys. And I know a lot of times we get so caught up in what's happening in our borders. And that doesn't go for you, Andrew, obviously. But I think that we're setting the standards, right? It's us in China. We're going to, we're going to determine how quickly this adoption takes place. And I really, really think that we're still very early. We're still two, three, four years away from this mass adoption. So... I just want to say one thing. I'm reading in the comments here. People are talking about, you know, being worried about uh, taking profit because they may miss when when it rockets. So that's why you want to have an exit plan. And when you have an exit plan, it doesn't mean you exit entirely 100%. An exit plan, for example, might mean 50% exit plan where you would set a plan where you have certain targets as it's going up. You would sell up to maybe 50%. You always want to hold on to some amount of of your your bags because we don't you're right we don't know when this thing's going to keep going up or down or what that's going to look like and you don't want to completely miss the rocket when it happens so having the exit plan is great because it allows you to exit a little bit on the way up and if it pulls back down you can get back in and if it goes up it's okay you still have 25 to 50 percent of your bags so here at the academy we've got all different types of exit plans hey, hey, Johnny, let me ask you a question let yeah. me ask you a question for example, Bitcoin, you have you own some Bitcoin and Bitcoin goes up in the next month to 75. And there you said that is my first exit point. Do you know how difficult it is still to comply to that exit point and to sell your Bitcoin? Because you, your head says to you, that's too early. That's too early. Yep. Don't sell. Don't sell. What you need to do is sell. 10%, maybe 15%. Yeah, do it. But it is so difficult because that, that voice behind your ear is saying, don't do it, don't do it. Andrew, I have to tell you, you are so spot on. I remember the day when Cardano went up and it, it busted through <clears throat> and set some all-time highs and so did XRP. And I had it on the computer screen and I had a heart. <laughs> you must be, are you sitting, are you, you got a camera in my house somewhere over here? I, I was sitting there, and I had a hard time hitting the sell button. But I remember Excellent. Coach saying, make a plan and stick to it. And that kind of stuck in my head, and I sold. And I remember texting Coach and a couple of people saying, I did it. I sold. I was actually proud of myself because it was so – I had an exit plan. And it was still damn hard to hit the sell button. So, Andrew, you so, are so spot on. So, so what should you do for yourself to train your mindset? That is, be happy if you sold 
no matter yes. what what amount, no matter what 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 level, be happy for yourself. Celebrate that you sold it. If it goes up another 30, 40, 50 percent, don't care. You took your profit. And that's what you have. You teach yourself in your head. I'm happy. I'm proud of myself. I took my profits. Yep. I stick yes. to my own plan. And that yes. keep repeating yourself because else I can tell you, you won't do it. Right. And one of the things that yeah. everybody is grabbing onto right now is blockchain backer, right? And what did blockchain backer do last spring? He was criticized heavily for selling most of his Bitcoin at $55,000. And then what did he do? He was able to accumulate when they, we had that massive, massive pullback in the, in the uh, summer. So even though in the short term, you might sell it, right? Andrew, let's say it goes to 75 and you sell, and then it goes to 85. And that's when you really start to question yourself. But you continue to stick to your exit strategy. You do not accumulate. Go ahead, chime in, Andrew. Hey, hey. Don't blame yourself. You had an exit point. That's your strategy. Stick to the plan. Stick to the plan. I couldn't agree yeah. more. Yeah. At the end of the day, somebody, a wise man always said, you can't lose money if you're making profits, if you sell for a profit. <laughs> so at the end of the day, you know, we have this thing called FOMO. So everybody who's in crypto, yes. all you, you know what FOMO means. But for those of you who are new or coming into it and you don't know, you might see the word FOMO. FOMO means fear of missing out. We're all yes. afraid of missing out of the rocket. But the reality is that's why you don't sell everything. You buy, you hold, and you leave some sets. That is, and, and BC Packer said that. When he, when he had his plans, even when those got to his targets, he would only sell 65 to 70% of his bags. He would always yep. hold a little bit more as it kept going up. One more comment before we move on to the, the Canada stuff is um, people are asking here about taxes. So, yes, when you sell crypto, if you sell it and move it into a stable coin, that is a tax event, by the way. So, for everybody out there asking, um, anytime you sell a crypto into another crypto, that's like envision like you're selling it into U.S. dollars and then you're taking those dollars and you're buying another crypto with it. The only time it's not a taxable event is if you it's so if you're well, I shouldn't say not. And then we're not finding we're not. This is not financial advice. So I just just answer the question. If you're moving a coin from one exchange to another or from one wallet to another, that is not a taxable event. But when you convert it into another coin, any other coin than itself that becomes a, a taxable event. So I just want to make sure we answered that because people were asking. Beautiful. Yep. So let's move into our next topic of the day. I think this is super relevant, especially with what's taken place over the last 48 to 72 hours. Canadians withdraw money from banks in astonishing numbers. There it is. Don't pull it up. Um, Canadians withdraw money from banks in astonishing numbers. So we're basically seeing a modern day bank run take place in Canada. The massive flow of money that has been withdrawn from Canadian banks. So if you just take a look at these charts here, Johnny, we went over this last night. I'm not sure if you wanted to chime in really quick, just on the amount of money that's being taken from the Canadian banks. I mean, first of all, this just, when I, when I see this, I, I got to tell you, I get this, this, this um, pain in my gut feeling, right? Eerie just feeling. To, just to see it's, you know, not, we weren't all alive. Most of us weren't alive in, in 19, 1920s when this happened in America. But the bank runs ultimately led to the stock market crash, right? Um, so bank runs are extremely scary. And to, to think that we'd even have these in our day and age is, is frightening. But when you look at why it's happening, it's even more frightening. So I don't, you know, I mean, I mean, the reality is at the end of the day, here we have people who just want to stand up and protest, right? Freedom. Freedom. And because you're a freedom fighter, now you're being labeled. Not only are you being, not only are your accounts being frozen and you can't take money out of the bank, but now you're being labeled a terrorist. So they, they, they just completely turn around because you're against what the, what the, the, the common practice or status quo is, right? You're now labeled a terrorist. Really? That's what we've become. We're a country of, because I have an alternate or not me, but because you, if you should have an alternating opinion, you're now a terrorist and we're going to freeze your bank accounts. I mean, how crazy is that? I, I can't believe we're even living in this day and age. It's very frightening to be honest with you. And, and nothing, when you think about the origins, when you think about the origins, Johnny, I mean, what did it come down to? They want people to comply. If you do not comply, you are a terrorist. And I don't even like to use that word. It sounds very, very powerful, but it's just the reality of the situation. I mean, Trudeau, as you can see right here, Trudeau and other officials announced that they may freeze the bank accounts of people who are obstructing the streets. So we're talking about the blockades for the truckers. 
the truckers are being put in a situation where they either comply or they don't make money. And so it, yeah. it, what, what's the alternative here? If you're not allowed to peacefully protest, if you're not allowed to work without the mandates, and we all know what we're referring to, I hope, what, what is the alternative? I really don't understand. Yep. I think you made it, you, you make a good point, Abs, and it's, it's, it's tough. And we're living in really uncertain times as far as freedom is concerned. And uh, since we're on the topic of freedom, I just want to say that in the Warrior Academy, we have great tools to help everybody with uh, freeing, freeing your mind. I mean, it's not just about financial freedom. You actually have to begin with, uh, with uh, mind freedom and freeing yourself from from that mindset. And yes. um, yeah, just be sure to check out the 3twarrioracademy.com. And while you're at it, also uh, press that thumbs up on this video so we can know whether yes. you're enjoying this content and so that YouTube can pump this out to, to more viewers. And that's and, how I got into yep. the Academy, Mario. I mean, I came in with a mindset first. I, I didn't come in for the crypto. I came in because I gravitated towards JV. I thought JV is a super special, unique person. And I wanted to learn yeah. more about how he operates. So that's why I got involved. And the first thing I learned when I got into this academy was it's mindset first. We're not chasing money. Yeah. We're not chasing yeah. the external. We're building from within and we let our external reality come to us and basically form around who we become. And I think that's so important in this age of freedom, right? People are struggling. Yeah. There's, there's so much new opportunity, yet there's so many obstacles in the way. And yeah. I don't think we've ever been in a position like this. This is undoubtedly the greatest time to be alive. I don't think there's been a better time to be a human being than there is right now. Now, people may... Oh, go ahead, Andrew. And I talk, talking about mindset, the most important book I've read of all my life to become financially free, I read it, I think, three, years, three four years ago. That was the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad from Robert Kiyosaki. I've read it. And I can only tell everybody, start reading this book. It is not about crypto. Yeah. It is about mindset. It is about your cash. That's why I'm called cash flow. It, it's about it, it's about cash flow. How to reach your financial freedom? He, yes. The, the Robert Kiyosaki also has on internet a very good game. That is the cash flow game. It's a board yeah. game. It's it's sort of like Monopoly, but it's a little bit different. Yeah. You can also play it uh, electronically. I can tell you, I've played that game just for mindset programming. I. I think I played that game there you for go. about half a year and every lunch break two or three times. Wow. Just to get my mindset right. Yep. Andrew, and, look, they named it after you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's true. Yes. Andrew, another I want to put I want to put two more books in here that I've read that seriously helped me. And I've read them in the past four years, so it's pretty relevant. Number one, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill changed my life. Write down your goals, figure out exactly what you're working towards and work towards that thing. And the number two would be The Richest Man in Babylon. I think The Richest Man in Babylon is basically the whole premise of the book. That's beautiful, Andrew. Mine's right over here. I got mine on my bookshelf over there. Um, in The Richest Man in Babylon, the whole premise is putting 10% of the cash you make to the side. And so once I started understanding that the whole reason I'm making money is to get that money to work for me. Exactly. Beautiful, Andrew. <laughs> great minds think alike there you go. Uh, <laughs> i love it yeah. at the end but of the day when you think about it at the end of the day think about when you're building a house if it doesn't have a good foundation the house can't stand right so yep. when you're investing in crypto it's all about the mindset first if you don't have your mind right how the hell whenever you're investing or doing anything it's all about decision making your mind has to be clear and it has to be good. You have to have a solid, clear mind before you can actually make any logical, good, sound decisions. And here at the Academy, that's what, what it's all about. It's co coach, you know, it's always driving that force. It's all about mindset. You need to get your mindset first. When I joined the Academy, I didn't even think about the mindset. Like it was like, hey, I just want to see his portfolio. What is it? Then you get in and it's like, oh my God, there's all these different elements. There's the body, there's the mindset. There's the workouts, there's the, the crypto, there's spiritual, there's all these elements. When you bring all those together, it makes you so much more whole as a person that you can think better, you feel better, you make good decisions. Yep. You know, when you get in, you get out, you're in a community with a bunch of people. So, um, yeah, there's just no doubt about it that if you're going to get into any space, make sure your mind is right first. It has to be right or 
you're going to make bad decisions in the long. I think cash flow can really help us on this. Andrew, do you have any tips for somebody who's starting their maybe personal development journey? How can I get my mind to a place where I need it to be? Um, what you should do is uh, start with writing down your goals. What what would you reach? And for example, um, uh, let's say you want to be financially free in in, in maybe five or ten years and but then you have you have no idea how to do it and the the fun part of it is if you have no idea and you keep asking yourself questions answers will come answers will pop up and it's it's always amazing so the, the second thing what you should do is make your i am affirmations yes i am rich yep. i am wealthy i am the best crypto trader in the world i can do this um you know i i ha i have the 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 the, the guts the guts to do it uh, the ambition you know, all the kind of stuff that you like to do or that, that you like to have say it every day in in front of the mirror and speak it out loud to yourself and you know that's what what coach jv also does and it yeah. you know it fucking works it works it, it works. works so yep. don't i think be, don't be uh stupid and don't think no it doesn't work for me no, <laughs> it works. so yep. i think what's know, give give it a try just try it for half a year do it every 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 day and you will yeah, see it changes it changes your life mario what were you gonna say yeah I think I was just going to say, I think the important thing to take away from all of this is that all these books have all this information. I mean, we talk about all this stuff, but you really need to do it in order to see it work. If you're just reading, it's not going to do anything unless you're actually putting into practice any of these things that we're suggesting. Yeah. Yes. And, and yes. it's very, and I'd love, I'd, I'd love to come back to what Andrew said. What are you doing when you're, when you're saying these I am affirmations and you're basically programming yourself into who you want to be? You're programming your subconscious mind, right? The parts of yourself that you're not aware of, how you're reacting to things, how you perceive yourself. And the reason we keep coming back to Andrew for these questions is he's been on this journey for a while. I know that he even met uh, Bob Proctor several times, right? Do you want to speak about that a little bit, Andrew, how you got into that journey? Actually, I, I, I always had an idea from I want to be rich. And I had no idea how to do it because my parents told me in the past, you have to study, you have to go to university, you have to work hard, you have a job. And, but then it didn't, it didn't uh, uh, stack up. And after uh, the years, I had a lot of, uh, uh, I, I started a lot of companies. They all failed one after the other. And I was almost there to give up. And then I discovered from Bob Proctor, I discovered the term multiple sources of income. Yep. And then I thought, hmm, never heard of multiple sources of income. So I thought, I want to know it. So there was, there was a video. Actually, I woke up in the middle of the night and I, I watched the video and there was multiple sources of income. So I said, you know what? I will contact the, the Bob Proctor organization. I want to know it now. Yep. So I, I was contacted, I got a coach assigned, and you know, it was it was money, it was real money to, to do this the training. But it was so helpful for me that I at least got the awareness of multiple sources of income. But yep. then the next step is yeah, what? What should I do? I, I never I will never get uh, uh, opportunities for multiple sources of income. That's the wrong mindset. So you should say the next question and then ask yourself questions. I want multiple sources of income. Universe, give me multiple sources of income. Then I learned from Bob. I am so happy and grateful now that money is coming to me from multiple sources in, in increasing quantities on a continuous basis. I say this every, every, every day. And still it's I'm so saying it every day. So what is happening to me multiple sources of income are coming to me opportunities are coming to me staking airdrops uh my my my, my web shop uh all kind of other stuff it's all coming to me sometimes i say the day is too short to to capture it all Be why because i have so much wasted and repeated that 
that, that affirmation that is coming and coming. However, I must also say you have to act. If there come an ID and something pops up, take the first step. You don't have to, you don't need to do all the steps. You don't have, you don't need to know what you all uh, uh, need to do, all the steps from, yeah. from, from A to Z. You don't need that. Only every day, one small step in the direction of your goal. And the next step will unveil itself the next day or maybe the next week. And they said, oh, that's interesting. That, that, that looks like a step in my direction. Let's, let's do it. But you have to do it. And you have to be consistent making steps in your direction. That's why I say write down your goals. My goal was yes. multiple sources of income. No idea what it was. Yep. And it's a beautiful thing you're saying, Andrew, because when you look at a lot of these celebrities and a lot of people who accomplish their goals, they talk about exactly what you're referring to, whether it's Conor McGregor, Tom Brady, Jim Carrey, all of these. And I know those are weird uh, <laughs> people to point to, but all of these people come out and publicly say, I don't accomplish anything until I decide that's what I will accomplish. And that's what I'm working towards. And just to tie it back to crypto, because we are a crypto show. That's the reason we're all here, right? We're all here because of personal development. We vibrationally aligned with one another and we've come together. I mean, I'm in Tampa. Mario is in New Jersey. Johnny Crypto is in Connecticut and Andrew's in the Netherlands. And somehow, someway, we're all friends communicating in front of you guys. And so that's the best part about this whole manifestation process is I, I was actively searching for a community and it, and it manifested. And so the things that we're going to accomplish over the next few years are going to be historic. And I think it's so important that people take the time to decide what they're working towards. Yeah, totally agree. And I think in addition to all those things you guys talk about getting the mindset, right? One element that I found has really been working lately and been getting more and more into is meditation. We, you know, um, um, Americans as a whole, we don't do a very good job of meditate meditating. It's really, really not taught in our culture. I never learned about meditation in school, but it's so powerful to help get your thoughts right. Because when your thoughts are right and the thoughts you put out there into the universe, they're going to drive then at the end of the day your actions. And those actions are then going to result in, in exactly what Andrew talked about. So um, bringing that all together and, and being able to then put that into some time where you just spend with yourself and your thoughts <clears throat> connecting to the universe through meditation, I think is a very, very powerful tool to add into all the other things we talked about, especially as we move into this new space. Beautiful, Johnny. Mario, do you have any closing comments in our last two minutes here? Yeah, I just want to say that this was certainly a learning curve. My fan was going off, which was disrupting everybody's call. <laughs> we discussed XRP. We've discussed um, and we, end, we ended up, I think we ended this really positively where we're just we're saying the things that we are doing. So all this stuff that we're talking about, like we're personally doing these things and we're noticing a change in our life. And so that's what we want to just pass on to the people watching this is that it's possible for us. It's possible for you. Yes. And I'm super excited tomorrow. We have a massive, massive surprise guest coming on who we will be yep. interviewing and learning tons about the market from. And I wanted to say thank you to Andrew Cashflow for joining us today. I'm super excited. I know we just met each other a few months ago, but I feel like we're going to get along great. And I really love talking to you. So I appreciate it. Thank you. And so I just want to say thank you to everyone who's joining us today. This is our first edition. Johnny, Mario, do you have any closing remarks before I close it out here? Yeah, I um, just want to say that I don't think we we touched it, but like this show is going to be about talking to it's going to be to cover news. Um, you may occasionally get a little bit of a motivation talk like just you just got from us. And uh, yeah, we're going to bring on guests occasionally as well. But thank you so much for watching. This is this is awesome to be here and to be able to yes. share this with everybody. Yeah, this is really wonderful, Abs, and, and to the whole team here. Thanks, guys. Great job in being able to bring to the community what's the current news, uh, plus our, our insights to that. We'll, we'll, look for, we'll continue to bring you that, as well as our thoughts. If there's anything you guys want to know about, any subjects or topics, you know, put them down in the comments below. Smash the like button. Let us know, you know, what we can do better, because we're here really to help pass on our knowledge, our information, our learning to you to help you make better decisions. Uh, also encourage you to check out the academy. You can get into the Discord for free. There's a free section to join the community. There's a wonderful yep. community there. So check out that community. Um, I think you'll you'll find you know, there's a wealth of knowledge and information in there. And then when you're ready to step up, 
you know, join the academy itself, um, you'll be surrounded by a higher level of, um, you know, more community, more support, more high vibrational level type mindset work and things like that. So uh, I encourage Beautiful. you all to come there. But this was awesome. This was fun. I know uh, we'll, we'll, there'll be different folks on the show each day. We've got some guests coming up. Uh, actually, we got a guest on Tuesday and we got a guest on Wednesday. We got two guests coming in. So uh, should be a fun, fun filled week. But uh, great to be with you guys. And uh, again, guys, anything we can do to make the show better, please let us know. Yes. Andrew Cashflow, closing comment. Yeah. Thank you for having, uh, having me on the show. Uh, I, I love to do it. I love to help people uh, everywhere, always. And uh, I also love this, uh, this team and the community. And what you said, Apps, you were looking for a team to, yes. to spread your knowledge i was at the same way i was looking for an audience to spread my knowledge yeah and that's what i found in the in the 3t academy and i'm really enjoy it and i'm happy to uh, to be and happy and grateful to be a member of this uh, of this team yes and guys if you love our content please join the 3t warrior academy you can learn more you'll get a much deeper deeper dive into what we're actually doing in the market and how we're navigating this stuff I know Andrew Cashflow is a staking expert and an airdrop expert. We didn't get to get into that today, but we will do that in the future. We love your comments. There's 198 live comments on here. I'm super excited. I haven't got a chance to read them yet, but I just wanted to say thank you for joining us today. And we look forward to bringing you the most relevant and impactful crypto topics on a daily basis. So like we always say, warriors, warriors rise. rise. Thank you guys. Go. Get, get your shit together. together. <laughs>